Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Well, hello and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks for showing up. Really appreciate you. How do you feel? Um, I feel fully Portuguese. Absolutely. I feel like I'm saying S correctly in every word that ends in S. (laughs) Never. We always get it wrong. Yeah, we absolutely do. But we're trying our best I see what you it did. It didn't end in. It didn't end in S. I know, but I just. And I, the S, I honestly that just actually think... would have been because it's an E with an S. That would have been an S. See, I even no, got I that think wrong. Sometimes the E S. See, this is where I just. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly just think when in doubt, go ish. You know, when in doubt, just say I'm so sorry that I'm a dumb American. I'm just so sorry. <laughs> That's all I have to say. I'll just get better. I apologize. And then they're just like, "You're fine. No worries. You're fine." And I'm like, "That's so kind of you to say I that." I do. What I do. I will say a quick tip from this trip is, you know, if. If and when we have children, I would like for them to learn a second language language from the get-go. Early. From the get-go. Because, you know, just... Well, Elsa, our food tour guide, would she speak five languages? And then she she just... she was extra. She was a genius. But then she just chose to learn Russian as well, like as a sixth. Amazing. Did she... Or did you make that up? I may have made it up, but in my mind, Elsa's amazing. You so. didn't make up the fact that she knew lots of languages. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just think it like helps you overall yeah. be able to navigate and, you know. Be- Speaking of navigating, where do we go in the city? <laughs> let's talk about our Prambel here. Speaking of navigating, travel updates, Pramble let's get travels. some travel updates. First of all, I just would like to say, as I have unbelievably enjoyed Lisbon yeah. as our first destination. Yeah. I think it was the 100% right choice. But I would like to officially, for the record, submit the fact that I am not a city girl. No, we're just not city people. I'm not a city girl. I am starting to feel like, as much as I really have enjoyed uh, how much I'm in the heart of everything. Yeah, you can get anything, get anywhere. And I think it was actually really good to start on a place that maybe is not my speed because it kind of like shocked the system and was like, hey, you got to get comfortable with like a lot of things really fast. And I think it has done that for me. So that's something I'm already learning on this trip is I think my anxiety is getting better with just kind of exposure therapy a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. But it has definitely solidified the fact that everything's so much like harder. Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> like just being in a building and yeah. like I don't know, try like the story that comes to mind is the call box story, okay. which I know is not completely Let me paint this picture okay. very quickly. It is about 10 p.m. Yeah. We have already I think we went out to dinner or we made dinner. Dinner has been had many hours before this. We are nestled on the couch as we are watching our own things. We hear the doorbell ring or a bell ring. Yeah. We don't know what it is. It's the first time we've heard this noise. Exactly. It's very loud. And we look at each other we're like, like what? what was that? So I hop up. I walk over to the, the door to our place. Mind you, we're on the fourth floor of yeah. a building you have to have a code to get into. I look outside and there's a very friendly Portuguese Uber Eats person standing outside right. with but a big Uber Eats bag. You kind of look at me like... And I go, did you secretly order some Uber Eats? <laughs> I'm expecting maybe my wife bought me, you know, some ice cream oh. sandwiches on Uber Eats as a surprise. <laughs> I wish I would have done that. You did not do that. And you've never done that. <laughs> and I'm looking at this nice gentleman thinking, are those my secret ice cream sandwiches? And I'm realizing, no, no, they are not. <laughs> and so I, I go, I look at 
I was like, do you want me to open the door and talk to this person? You're like, no, don't open the door to any right. stranger. Okay. I have to interject because sure. here's what is now happening. So the sound is what was... It's is, 10 p.m. The sound... Just a reminder. It's 10 p.m. The sound is what has now set off the incident in which you and I are having a very different experience of what's happening. You're like, did my wife order me secret ice cream sandwiches? I'm thinking... Like I would never of, do that. I'm, right. <laughs> I'm thinking like, don't answer the door of a person at a place where you don't live and you don't invite someone into your house because stranger danger. And like, yeah. this is where my brain is going. And so you're like, did you order? And I don't know why at this point we were whispering to each other. <laughs> well, we, we don't want like, the person outside you, the door who might want to kill us yeah, or give us like, sandwiches. Did you yeah. order anything? And I was like, no. And then you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to tell him that we didn't. And I was like, well, don't open the door. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, and then right. like, so, I can see he's so a new then Jason person. through the door is trying to say, we didn't order anything. Yeah. Thank you. We didn't order Was anything. Was I using some type of like forceful voice? Yeah. yeah. We didn't order anything. <laughs> hey. 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 I'm a big person. <laughs> we didn't order stuff. Yeah. Okay. The lovely, friendly Uber Eats person does not speak English. Yeah. Why would he? He lives in Portugal. Yeah. And so he is like not understanding. He's staying there. He's staying put. By our door. And then I'm thinking he can't hear you very well, probably. Right. So you now have gotten up. You've walked so over. So now I'm trying to You're not looking through the people, but you have noticed there's a thing on there's the wall. There's a call wall. box. I'm calling yeah. it a call box. I don't know what the real word is, but it's got lots of buttons and it's got a screen and it's got things. What's pictures. one of the buttons you noticed? One of the buttons I noticed has a mouth. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not an actual mouth, just a little icon of a mouth. Yeah. And I think to myself, huh. that seems like a way for me to communicate with the person outside my door. So... I press it. Yep. On the the screen on the call box pops like a just a person. Suddenly right. I can see. Yeah. Now wait. My brain thinks that must be the you person. You haven't looked through the people. I haven't looked through the people. So yeah. I just on this little monitor, I see a person. I think, wow, I did the right thing by pressing the button with the mouth. And so I think that I'm communicating with him. And so I just go, Hi, do you speak English? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thinking I'm talking to the Roots man. Very quickly. The person who you can see on can the video see screen, on the monitor, not the people. Which now I'm starting to look because I'm obviously standing right here, and I'm going, "Hmm, that's a different person, not the person I'm looking at through the people." <laughs> this man on the monitor looks very perplexed, yeah. and he just—you can see him. First of all, it's like a fisheye lens, so it's like yeah. really funny. You can see him just approach the the camera and yeah. say, "Yes," <laughs> and I go, and then. Immediately, it, it hits me. This is not the person outside my door. This is the person outside the <laughs> building. I have called. It's basically the call box that goes to the front gate, the front, front door, door where you need a key to get where into. You can let people into the code. building, yeah. which if you live in a city is probably a very normal thing. If you don't live in a city, you're like, I don't know what yeah. to do. So in the moment, I don't like abandon ship. No. Instead, what I do is I communicate with this man off the street who yeah. speaks English. And I go, um... There's a man at our door, and we did not order food. <laughs> and he goes, the stranger from the street who happens to speak English goes, okay. okay. <laughs> and just like walks off. <laughs> and I'm like so embarrassed because all I have now done is called a stranger from the street and told him that there's a there's man at our Uber door. Eats outside our door. But it, it all Can happened. you just picture as someone walking on a street, yeah. you hear a lady from an intercom. Do you speak English? Oh, it's just so fantastic. And it all happened so fast. And I was trying to just like make decisions in the moment for how to solve this situation. Eventually, we just sort of like yelled loudly through the door. No, no. By the time what? that we were both laughing that he said, okay, I looked back in the people. And Uber he was gone. Guy's gone. Gone. He realized. He abandoned ship. Um, I do mm -hmm. want to mention that uh, potentially this will make the cut of our Lisbon recap video when that comes out on YouTube, recapping Maybe. our full time. 
if this story makes the cut, I used a little filter on the audio for when we're doing the voice of the intercom. And okay. it's, it really Perfect. is kind of lovely. Okay. It gives you more of so an, we'll a reenactment. So we'll see if you, if you want to like get like even more of that. You know, so anyway, I just yeah. wanted to update everyone. Love Lisbon. I'm not a city girl. Yeah, no. And you're right. Everything is a little bit harder. You know, even though you have access to all the restaurants, Uber Eats, all the things, you know, there's just a lot of logistical challenges to finding things, getting things, getting around trying to find space for your brain to just relax. Yeah. So, yeah, we're not complaining. Don't mean to complain at oh, all. No. It's been amazing. But, yeah, it's just been a, a bit harder to just do all of the things that you normally do in life. Yeah. And just want to reiterate, like, would highly recommend visiting Lisbon as a city. Yeah. People were wonderful. The um... Well, let's talk about some of the, the other wonderful things. The sightseeing day we did. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So we, lots to see. we hopped in an Uber, and our Uber driver was absolutely one of the nicest people oh. ever. I will say... Just on the whole, mm -hmm. pretty much every single person we interacted with in Lisbon, Portugal, was one of the nicest people we've ever met. And I think this is just Very you've true. come to realize about the Portuguese in general, and maybe this is just a lot of Europe. We're not necessarily used to this in the States, which I think says something about the country that we grew up I in. I don't know. I think you're overgeneralizing. overgeneralizing. I probably am. Because I've spoken to many a kind Uber driver in the Oh, States. no, I'm not saying... I'm just saying in general, like people right. in general. Like when you bump into anybody on the street or like whatever... They're not always happy to help you in that's the true, That's true. That's They're true, just that's like, true. I've got a thing I'm doing. Don't talk to me. That's true. And I'm also that one way. of those people. I know you Like are. you bump into me in the streets and I'm like, hey, no, I'm going to get donuts. Don't talk to me right now. I don't want to help you. <laughs> well, maybe this year will help to teach you to be one of those people on or the Or just don't end. go outside. Either way. So anyway, we hopped in an Uber. Lovely Uber driver. He told us every place we should go in Portugal besides Lisbon, which we were just feverishly trying to type down notes. Yes. When he was at stoplights, he was showing us things on Google Maps. <laughs> I mean, it probably wasn't the safest, but it was fine. It was a very was short great. trip. So we decided we were going to go see a bunch of different stuff. And one of the places that, again, was an Uber ride away uh, was this kind of like group of different sites. Mm -hmm. I know I'm jumping ahead, but we'll be okay. Um, we've got notes. Was a, a group of different sites. So it started with the furthest, which was the Belem Tower. Yes. And the Belem Tower is just this structure that was built to basically like welcome people who came to Lisbon. It's a 16th century fortification located in Lisbon that served as a point of embarkation and disembarkation for Portuguese explorers and as a ceremonial gateway to Lisbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who wrote down some notes? I did. It's me. <laughs> uh, but what's really cool about this is that it just, and I've said this kind of everywhere we've talked about, it, it's just like this structure just like, pops out of the water. Yeah. It doesn't seem like it should be there, but it's beautiful. It's just really fun. And we had this moment where we walked up and there was a violinist playing. Right Yo, in front of I it. had I had a very Enneagram four three, moment. There were three steps. He was he was playing this like beautiful piece of I can't tell if it was classical music or if it just sounded classical because it was a violin. <laughs> like it could have been yeah. a pop song. Could have been Ariana Grande, but on been. strings. Yeah. And I was overcome with just the beauty of the moment because he's playing this beautiful music. His backdrop is the Belem Tower. I'm in this country. I've never dreamed of even coming. And we just I just made you sit down on the steps and I, I cried. You didn't even make me sit down. I just you sat just down. sat down and started crying. I just and sat I was down like, and started oh, crying. Oh, that's what we're doing now. And you were like, okay. And I was like, I'm just happy. But truthfully, I'm having a moment. It, it was an absolutely lovely moment. It may have been like a touristy thing that you have like a musician playing in front of it, but like it was great. It really set the stage level. <laughs> yeah. He, hey, uh, real what? quick. Is a woodwind instrument instrument a thing, or did I just yes. make that up in my brain? The woodwinds are, I think, like, like flutes. Flutes. Flutes? <laughs> <laughs> like a clarinet. What was I trying to say? Flute, Flute is not and... a wood instrument, though. Flute is made of metal. I know, but I think... I think the woodwinds are like a clarinet. Well, then what's a flute? 
a wind instrument. <laughs> All the musicians who listen to this uh, are going to just be so angry. Hey Siri, is a flute a wind? <laughs> we have to figure this out. Uh, I will say also while we were standing there, uh, it was just fun to watch everybody take their version of the selfie in front of the tower. Yeah. Which is like one of my favorite things when you're at a touristy spot. What'd okay. you find? The woodwind family of instruments includes <laughs> from the highest sounding instruments to the lowest, the piccolo, the flute, the oboe, the English horn, the clarinet, the E flat clarinet, so the bass clarinet. So it's just there it's it's a family of instruments. Is there wood inside of a flute? I just think it used to be made out of wood. Okay. And then we got and then maybe we may have found metal. metals. Yeah. Someone's like, hey, what's that in that rock? Let's make that into a flute. <laughs> I would just like the record to show that I felt confidently that a flute was a woodwind. I would like the also record to flutes. show that I knew woodwind was an instrument. Okay. Uh, all right. So we're at the Belem Tower and then about a five minute walk right down the boardwalk there on the Tagus River uh, mm-hmm. was uh, your favorite monument that you saw on this day. The, Ooh. you got this. Pedral dos Descobrimentos. I think you did a pretty good job. Now okay. I'm not the uh, I'm not the arbiter of Portuguese, of Portuguese pronunciation. pronunciation but so this translates to the monument of the discoveries. And yeah. it's this huge monument that has these large people 30, chiseled out. 33 people. Right. Yeah. Chiseled out of like maybe limestone or some type of yeah. stone. Yeah. And it's this sort of sandy, white-looking stone, but they're humongous. And when yeah. I tell you that it doesn't do it justice in photos to see the monument because you have nothing to compare it to scale, Yep. but it's just like very huge. And there's the detail that's in it. And I guess I also wrote notes for this. It, the monument was, is to, um, commemorate the Portuguese age of discovery, otherwise known as the age of exploration during the 15th and 16th centuries. Yeah. Uh, the reason I mentioned the selfie point at the Belém tower is because at this, uh, site, less people taking photos of themselves more people just standing in awe of it. And right. I think it's just something about seeing these gigantic versions of humans that mm-hmm. like kind of makes us stop and be like, oh, we're smaller we're than small. that. We're small, yeah. Uh, it's just, it was a very interesting landmark and just something very cool to kind of take in. And built in like the last like 60 or 70 years, mm-hmm. like or I think maybe 80 years now. I think it was built in the 1940s. But like, yeah, pretty cool. Very cool. And then one thing I forgot to write down in our notes actually, but again, as Jason said, these are all sort of little... Uh, sightseeing points along the river and so you can just walk yeah and so from that point and we just chose the most beautiful day i mean granted every Every day day, in lisbon was gorgeous for us weather-wise but it was just the the temperature of the air the sun shining so we just walked further down to the mat which is an architecture museum and the way that they built this museum is so beautiful it's on this like curved overhang with these tiles that are made to look like snakeskin sort of. Yeah, it's really interesting. And the way that it curves is just so beautiful. Um, And then what's really cool is the roof of it, you can, is like a ramp that you can just walk right on. So you can go. You get a really cool view of the the bridge right there, which is the same architect who designed the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. Which is really cool. So So it looks like a little Golden Gate Yeah, if you, at at certain points, you can kind of like step back and it just looks like you're a person standing on this flat surface with like a bridge right behind yeah. you, like a giant bridge. So that was fun to yeah. do as well. We didn't go into the museum because it was just beautiful from the outside. But then from there, we were starting to get a little hungry. So we walked over to a restaurant that I found. So the plan for this day was to do all these monuments in the morning and then to go over to the LX factory, which yeah. we'll talk about in a second for the afternoon. And so the LX factory has plenty of restaurants, but I was looking online and... I don't know. I, nothing was really like tickling my fancy. And plus a lot of places were closed on, um, what day of the week did we go? 
I think was it was a Monday. Monday? Yeah. yeah. And so they were closed on Monday. So one place I found that was open was sort of off, like off the beaten trail, yeah. kind of almost under the bridge called Village Food. Oh, I could have pronounced this one. <laughs> Tell them about Village Food. Village Food's really cool. When you showed me the photos, I was like, oh, I almost wish I wouldn't have looked at photos to like mm-hmm. have the experience when you walk up. It's imagine like 10 shipping containers. Like you, we've all seen the shipping container homes, you know, videos on YouTube and whatnot. Then imagine some double decker buses, mm-hmm. like sightseeing buses stacked on top of shipping containers that are stacked on top of each other. It, you and know what it reminds me of? Go ahead. Yeah. Go, tell Ready me. player one, but oh, like less yeah, dystopian. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's, it's really, there's a bunch of different art. It's really interesting. There's staircases you can walk up and down. There's all these little places and nooks and crannies. The kitchen is in one of the double decker buses. So cool. It's like an adult jungle gym. It really is. And there were tons of tables, lots of places to sit outside. And it just was such a perfect meal to enjoy. Mm -hmm. We just had some burgers and some drinks. But it was just, you feel like a kid. Like Mm -hmm. you're kind of looking around like, I want to go climb on all this stuff, which we did afterwards. But it was a really fun lunch spot. And we were really happy to find it. And yeah, it was right under the bridge. But like it wasn't loud. Like it was nothing going on. It was a good spot. So then we were nice and satiated. And then the last thing on our sighting day was the LX factory. This was a lot for you. This oh, day. this was day was a big day. Yeah, yeah, but it was so fun. And like I said, the weather was perfect. It was just like, I think one of my favorite days in Lisbon, yeah. if not the favorite, um, just because you see so much and you get to take in the whole city. Um, but LX Factory was cool because it's this little kind of arts district, I would call it. It's just sort of one street with shops and restaurants from side to side, but very walkable. You've got, you know, market lights. You've oh, got yeah. art everywhere. Yeah. You have music Cobbles, playing. You got a cobblestone street with like chair or little, like seating a little, along it. Like a little flower, a trailer, man selling I flowers I bet someone was playing a woodwind instrument somewhere. There was probably a woodwind yeah. to be found. Yeah. So very picturesque. And luckily, I think just the time of year that we were in, are in Lisbon is like very. Um, it's just not as touristy or busy. Correct. Yeah. So. Because it it's it quote unquote nice. cold, but. I mean, it all things cold. considered, it's like 55 degrees. It's not that cold. Exactly. But yeah, it was, uh, LX Factory is really cool. It's definitely, I think, worth a trip, especially if you're going to go do all the sightseeing things that we did. It, it, like, it's close enough. You know, it's still about a 15-minute walk from the uh, different sites that we saw on the river, but it's worth it. It's like a great day. And then, yeah, you can kind of pop into a bunch of different shops. If you want to get anything, get something. If you want to eat there, you can eat there. There's tons of little things. There's like an empanada stand, which I wish I had some room left over for from lunch. Yeah, you're too cool. I would have grabbed some of those. But yeah, it was just a, a, a really cool place to see. And then we ended the day by hopping in uh, another super friendly Uber back over to our place. And then I think the last thing we want to talk about on this, which is on a different day, but worth sharing the story, was the Castello de Sao Jorge, mm-hmm. which is the highest point in Lisbon. Is that true? It is. Oh, yeah. Great. It's a, a castle that was built. It's The building was started in first century BC. That's insane. Which is amazing that so much, much of it still stands and is there. Uh, amazing lookout points. So we went at like 4.30 because we wanted to see the sunset. That's 16.30 for those of you who speak in that time, which I'm learning. <laughs> um, and it, we, we knew we weren't going to have time to see everything. It's right. a pretty big castle. So I think we probably saw like 10% right. of the castle. But what we saw was enough that like I filled my phone with photos and videos. It was beautiful. Uh, I was looking at the castle. Yes. I was looking at the architecture. Mm-hmm. I was looking at the stonework. Mm-hmm. I was walking the views through arches. Of the city. I was getting some golden hour shots with rays of light just cascading around all these different trees and, what, and things. What was I doing? You were being attracted to a male peacock <laughs> who was uh, squelching out his ma- mating calls, <laughs> and it was working because for a good 10 minutes, I was you captivated. were enthralled. Listen. 
one of us knew that there were peacocks at the castle. One of us you, and didn't, you were excited. <laughs> didn't know that there were peacocks. That's me. I had no idea. When so, was the last time you saw a peacock in person? Never. Don't think I can. I mean, at oh, a zoo. you know, oh, randomly on our one of the road trips we did like five or six years ago. Remember the peacock? I think it was by the caverns that we went down. Do you remember? Oh, in like New Mexico or something? So yeah, like six or seven years oh, ago. Oh yeah, a long time. Yeah. And never, so you forgot how attractive I've they were. I've never heard them squawk. And so I just hear this like noise. I don't even, I haven't even seen them yet. I just yeah. hear this noise over the wall of the castle. <laughs> that's you can't like, see anything. I, to me, it sounds like a woman literally in peril asking for help. It's like, help, help. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what? Somebody help her, help her. <laughs> and so then I'm like, oh, it's not a woman. No. And then I'm like, oh, it's a cat. That's actually really right? good. Yeah. And so I was like, it's definitely like a cat, but like a dying cat. Like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, it's cat. And then I go look over the wall and I'm like, oh, it's not a cat. It's a peacock. It's and then a giant I just bird. I see all of the female peacocks kind of right. squawking around and like looking. And then I see it. And I see the male and all the tail, plumage. the plumage is yeah. robust. It is. Uh, so I finally realized that you were lost, uh, you know, <laughs> into the eyes of a peacock. And I wandered over and I'm just watching you just watch. I'm like, are you okay? And you're like, I did not I, remember the sound. <laughs> It so was unexpected. You did recover from that. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a good clip of that, which hopefully is going to make it in the recap video as well, just to capture the true emotions. Very funny moment. And then we just took in the sunset. We it was so pretty. took a couple photos. I had a tiny little tripod that I set up and like got a couple fun photos of us. But yeah, you, it was just you know a good what moment. is one of my favorite things that I did not anticipate would be one of my favorite things about this trip. The way that the light hits me in Europe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and and also and also I have really enjoyed. Something that those of you listening, Jason is really good at photo and video composition. Aww. Like his, the way that his brain works, he truly, like you could have been a filmmaker. It's so beautiful the oh. way that you see shots and I'm not as good at it. And so when we're out and about and the castle is a perfect example, this is what made me think of it. When we're seeing something, we kind of like take it in and we're present, but then also we're gathering footage because we're making these videos. And something that I've actually really enjoyed is I'll watch you get shots and it's like taking like a film class Aww. every time. And it's kind of this like fun, th as much as we've, we've had our squabbles about it as well, oh, because yeah. I'll try to take a photo of you and you're like, why this is, is not half good. my body not in the photo? <laughs> and I'm like, Hey man, you like, need some tips. <laughs> you need a whole body to look good in a photo. It's wow. Like, it's like if we, I, when we, when we were on social media, I remember those TikToks that are like, these are the photos yeah. that I take of my yeah. boyfriend. And these, these are the, the ones photos. he takes me. But yeah. it's reverse. But anyway, I'm just realizing that on this trip, it's something that I've really enjoyed is going on these little photo walks and yeah. seeing these things. And and it's something fun that we get to do together where you, you yeah. get shots or, or like I'll start to get shots and get better at it. And I go to you like you're like my photo teacher. And I'm like, how's this one look? Yeah. And well, you're like, well, you could. It's great, but you could have done better. I think what's really interesting about that is you kind of learn just as you're taking a lot of photos. There is just a natural eye for composition there that is. some people have and some people don't. Because I know all the rules. You tell right. me the rules. Over and over again. Over and over again. Whole you tell body me the rules. in a photo would be great. And it's it's the same way of like I do abstract painting, right? And yeah. I can't explain to you why I intuitively in my body know when I'm painting a piece oh, it needs more lights or it needs more darks or it really needs a pop of color. Like I can't explain those right. things to you. It's like an instinct. It's a knowing. And it's the same thing with that. Like it's just a skill set that's intangible. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's I, really fun. It also is one of those things you do get better at, just like someone who would be doing yes, SRP. But like, like I'm I'm approaching a an upper limit. Okay. I'm not like there there is a maximum for my <laughs> 
talent when it comes to composition and I can certainly work up to that point, but I'm yeah. under no illusions that I'm ever going to be able to compose a photo or a Yeah, video just like I'll never you. be able to paint a painting like you will. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right, cool. Uh, all right, well, I think that's all of our Lisbon stories. Podcast. I think <laughs> that's... Uh, now that we can start the podcast. On the next Pramvel, we're going to take you to our next destination, correct? That's going to be the journey. The next, yes. Yeah, next episode. Yes. So we are. that concludes our Lisbon stories. Like I said, I am working on the Lisbon recap video. We filmed our talking head in our second Airbnb. So that was us basically telling all these stories we told from the podcast, but in a condensed thing, and then all the footage. So you get to see it all. So if you've heard it, you're like, yeah, I've already heard the stories, but you want to see it, the video will be fun. So uh, if you're not uh, connected to our YouTube channel and following us there, youtube.com slash wandering aimfully get ready for that when's that video gonna be out i don't know we're not setting any firm dates because we're being loosey-goosey this year we are loose and we are goose we should probably update our youtube banner that says videos come out every week that's been out for three years and we haven't done videos every week no but one's yelled at us yet no one hasn't people keep subscribing so they're <laughs> buying into the lies <laughs> all right you want to talk about the uh, actual thing we want to talk about here yes let's talk about productivity yeah productivity I really think that there's something interesting about how productivity has changed over the years. Uh-huh. Where like 10 years ago, productivity and like productivity hacks, like they weren't a thing. It was just like, hey, like be more productive. Like you can get more stuff done. And now it's like there's systems, there's books, there's Pomodoro. I just learned about one earlier today. It's like Zettel's Kraken or something like that from one of our Waymers who's really? doing it, which is like a way of like writing notes and things. I haven't looked into it. Oh, but I, I, just, get, I get what you're saying. Like there's full systems that are now evolving, like yeah. the GTD method, which is yeah. like getting things done. Or Marie like, Kondo, I think see, added a whole thing to this. I think actually it's funny you say that because I think that is a great example of what I want to talk about in this episode. That's why I teed it up for us. Which is what the whole Embracing You series is all about, which is there's no one right way to do productivity or the right way to get things done. It's all about what works for you. And yeah. so that's, that's the thing that bothers me a little bit about whenever I see videos about productivity or, you know, podcasts about productivity. First of all, the big issue with it is that people seem to use the word productivity to mean just work. Right. And so it's like how to basically work more. Well, and this is, this is absolutely something that, uh, and maybe this is more of a U.S. culture thing because again, like now that we're mm -hmm. in Europe, we're experiencing other cultures. Mm -hmm. So we're getting to understand like, oh, working nine to five is not necessarily the thing that everybody does five to seven days a week. They take more days off. They take more time off in the middle of the day. They end their days early. They start their days late, you know, whatever it mm -hmm. is. But I do think there is something very synonymous to the culture that we grew up in and mm -hmm. lived in for, for me for almost 40 years of my life, for you for almost 35 years of your life, is productivity equals work. Right. Productivity does How not equal more? being a healthy human, does not equal being uh, like a, you know, mentally stable human who has time to deal with the you know, pressures of society and things right, that come around. Which we don't think is true. Like we, over the past few years have really, to me, I've changed my definition of productivity. To me, productivity just means doing something that you intended to do. Yeah. And so that could be work, but it could also be play and it could also be rest. Like if I, could you also be productive if you ordered your husband ice cream sandwiches? That would have been productive. Right. For a marriage. Note to self. <clears throat> but like, you know, I, I think um, because productivity in our culture has been synonymous with work, I struggled for a long time with the amount of rest that I needed and feeling unproductive until one day I realized, wait a second, if I am a person who needs rest and I intend to take that rest so that I can be a well-balanced person, that is productive. I am intending to do something and I am doing it 
And it doesn't matter what that something is. Yeah. That, that's kind of what, what it means to me. Yeah. And I think we also, part of this Embracing You series is letting go of some of the correlations of things. So it's like being productive equals being good. Right. No, it doesn't. Right. You can be Or not being productive equals being lazy. Exactly. Like you, and lazy equals bad. You don't have to live true. up to any of the productivity gurus on YouTube's ideals of being productive to be a good person right. or to even be good at getting things done. It's right. just maybe they have some systems or processes or things that you want to take into your life and try, but it's not going to make you a better or worse person right. whether you do them or don't do them. It's not a them. measure of your worth. Now, that being said, you know, there is a, a good sense of satisfaction that comes along with setting goals and accomplishing them or you know, wanting to grow in certain areas of your life. And so you have to take steps to do that. And so if there are ways and systems that can help you do the things that you intend to do, AKA be more productive, then maybe we should talk about that. Yeah. Um, so I think we want to talk about this idea of people sharing productivity systems and assuming that we all work in the same way. Right. And that we all have like the same brain and that we all have the same operating system in the same, you know, circumstances that we're going yeah. at in life. And that couldn't be further from the truth. And now, I mean, especially with social media, like we all know how wildly different our lives are. And it's no longer this idea of like, oh, we're all just living the same. I was like, no, we're not. Like people are dealing with anxiety and depression and other things. They're also dealing with many of those children that are running around that need attention and care and other stuff or family members that aren't, you know, doing well and you have to take care of them. There's all these different things that are going on where someone can tell you, hey, here's a productivity system that'll work for you guaranteed. It's like, yeah, but you don't have all the things that I might be dealing with for that to be true. Absolutely. Yeah. I think if that's actually one reason I'm so grateful for our community, Wayne, because it has taught me so many different people's perspectives and, you know, different ways of thinking and different challenges and different life circumstances and all these different ways. And so that is what we hope to even like do with the community is say, listen, let's all kind of like crowdsource this. Like let's all just share what works for each of us, not make anyone feel weird or bad or one way because they don't, because they do it differently. Like let's embrace every, everyone's differences and then learn from each other. And really, I think it's about experimenting and figuring out what works for you. Yeah. I don't think we have it written down here, but I think it fits right here just to slot in, which is the productivity system that you might use for something in your life or something in your business or something in your relationship, whatever it is, is not necessarily a set it and forget it works forever. Right. Exactly. And I I think that's something where we tend to just as human beings, we were very bad at change Mm -hmm. in general, but it's like, okay, I'm going to be a person that does checklists. So I'm Mm going to be a checklist person every single day of my life. And then all of a sudden using checklists is actually starting to make you less productive because you're feeling guilty because you didn't do all the things on your checklist. And like it starts to hold you back from actually quote unquote being productive in whatever area you're intending to get things done. And so it's really important to go, is this still serving me? Is Mm -hmm. this productivity system I learned six months ago, a year ago, five years ago, whatever, am I still using it? Because if not, let me just move on. Yeah, it's funny. That just made me think about... I'm speaking of like how everyone's brain is different. Sometimes I need novelty in order to trick my brain into being excited about something. And that applies to a productivity system as well. So I used to feel really bad about myself for being one of those people who just like wanted to get a new planner. Yeah. And there's just like, all my things will magically get done if I get a new planner. And I just like would hoard these planners. But like, 
I think back on that and I'm like, you know what? If that new planner helped me for a quarter and then I abandoned it to try something different because I needed something new and exciting for my brain to chew on in order to get excited about getting things done, who cares? Like, why do I need to make that mean something about me being not able to stick with the productivity system? It's like, if your productivity system is to change productivity systems every quarter, nailing it, embrace you, Yeah, embrace you, you know? So I just want to say that for anyone out there that is maybe in that same spot. Like if you're someone who really needs novelty, embrace that and know that about yourself and keep changing your system as your life and circumstances change. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I really do. I mean, just like the longer that I think we exist as humans, you just start to see all the nuance of everybody's lives and everybody's circumstances. And I know for me, like I was very rigid in my telling people like, this is my productivity system. If you just do it this way, like you can get as many things as I did. And like very clearly, no, yeah. like it's not the same for anybody. And especially being, you know, with you for 12 years, like I have just realized my brain operates on a different system mm -hmm. than your brain does. Well, that was actually, it's almost like mine's like a Mac OS and yours <laughs> is like a windows 95. Okay. I'm going to, um, <laughs> I'm not going to accept that. But feedback. you get the, you get the bliss background with the green rolling Hills. You I'm get that a background. Linux. And a you're a Linux. Is that a thing? Yeah. But I don't think you want to be a Linux. I don't think you want to be a Linux. Well, I wanted to be something different. Yeah. I don't want you to tell me what I was. Um, <laughs> So I thought it would be fun to share, you know, uh, maybe a couple of things that we've learned about our own brains and the way that our productivity has evolved over the years. Again, recognizing that maybe you listening are not like us, but maybe you take like one or two yeah. things and try to apply it to your own system. And then the whole goal of this entire episode is just really to make you see that your brain and the way that you work uniquely is the most important thing. For sure. Uh, do you want me to go first on my productivity yeah. tips? Share, share what the way, since you were so keen to share how our brains are different and how I'm a windows machine and you're a Mac machine. Maybe you can first of all, we don't call them Mac machines. We just call them Macs or Here Apples. at windows. We do. <laughs> we call them Mac machines. Uh, we, we call them a desktop operating system and we will always be up to date with our antivirus software. Um, <laughs> all right. My productivity tips and what works for me. So the thing that has actually stuck for the longest time is Google calendar. And right. I just swear by Google Calendar. There is something about my brain that loves putting the time, the time associated with the task, but also like color coding tasks in blocks on days. It just makes my heart happy. And then I don't have to think. So like previous me puts all these tasks on my calendar and all these different time blocks. And then daily me gets to look at my calendar and go, okay, these are the five tasks that I have set up for the day. And some of them may be life stuff, like go to the grocery store, go for a walk, go to the gym. And so that's good to know because I can carve out other time and go, I'm not going to work eight hours today. I've got like four hours that I can work today. And you know, what's funny about my brain is that I tried time blocking in that way using Google Cal Calendar for a while. It stresses me out to see, every, to see everything, to see everything at a glance and also to see every like moment of my life accounted for, it makes me feel like there's no room for flexibility, even though I know good and well, I could move things around. I could yeah. change things, but that actually makes me feel stifled. Yeah. So that, that I just wanted to interject there in case you're someone who's trying to figure out your own system and you're like, Oh, does 
like, I think with everything we share, just kind of turn inward and ask yourself like, Oh, does it feel like that could work for me? Or does it feel like, like Caroline, like, am I more like Jason or am I more like Caroline, you know, or am I my own person? Team Jason and team Caroline. Let us know in the comments. It's not a team thing. Send us an email. We don't have any comments. (laughs) Uh, all right. So the other thing that I do, uh, is definitely with the time blocking thing. I try and not move something if possible more than three times. So it's just been a rule that I've tried to do for a long time is if I have to move something more than three times, there's something about that task that I'm either resisting or I just shouldn't do it. And I should either kick it way further down the road or I should just be honest with myself that I don't have time for it. And and like one of those things right now is updating our tools page on Wandering Aimfully. Mm -hmm. I moved that thing three times over the course of three weeks. Mm -hmm. I just, I punted it a whole month away. And then you said, I just was like, I don't have time for this. I I want to share all the gear that we're traveling with that like is actually really helpful Mm -hmm. and like make little links and like have little things like have, I just don't have time for it. So unfortunately everybody who's putting that in the comments, I can't do it. (laughs) Uh, The other thing for me that has been really helpful is actually what I like to call full screen mode engaged. Mm. And this is where, let's say I'm writing a newsletter for for Wayne. Instead of having like my notes app half open and like I can see my Google Chrome and I can see a bunch of other in my Spotify and all that, notes is full screen. Or I've just hidden everything else. Right. And I can only see notes. And then typically I'm always turning off notifications when I'm like kind of deep working into a task Mm -hmm. because anything that pops up immediately takes me out of being able to stay focused. Yeah, I haven't had notifications on my thing for ever. Yeah. Uh, but this thing for me, it's really, it seems simple and it seems like, oh, like just putting my screen, my thing full screen when I'm in notes or when I'm in mail or whatever, like it's not going to make that big of a deal. It really does because it gets you just like centered in on what you're working on. Mm-hmm. And if you know, I just need to be writing for an hour and just need to crank through it. I tend to get things done under the time that I think I need to get them done because I'm so much more focused and I'm not jumping around. Right. So that's my next thing. Two more things. One is, and I'll link it in the show notes description. I created a playlist on Spotify called do the work. Mm. So it's whenever I just need like music that gets me into the brain space to write or to be productive. So it's got music from Daft Punk. It's got uh, music from Helios. It's got music from Tycho. uh, Just a bunch of like a lot of synth stuff as well. Synth makes me focus as well. It may not be for you, listener. You may you know, just get all your work done at Britney Spears' greatest classical hits. classical music. Yeah. I like that. Uh, there's just a ton of different options, obviously. Um, and I will say that this playlist, again, not for everybody, just like all this advice, not for everybody. But I'll link it up. And, and if it works for you, great. Um, it has been very helpful. I listened when I was writing uh, Own Your Weird, my, mm-hmm. my second book. I think I listened to the Daft Punk uh, Tron Legacy soundtrack, like, a hundred times yeah. in the span of Yeah, if you're wondering how that long book. that book is, it's a hundred daft punks. It's a hundred daft punks to get that book written. Uh, and then the last thing I will say, and this is especially helpful, this was something that I did before we started traveling full time, is I just don't try and get stuck working in one spot. And I allow myself to go, oh, like I want to go sit in that chair and do some work today. I want to go sit at the dining room and do some work today, dining room table. I want to sit on the couch today and not feel like I have to be like rigid. Like this is where I get my work done or work Mm -hmm. isn't going to get done because I tend to find motivation in different areas and just getting up kind of like gets the creative juices flowing. It's so funny because I love thinking of that one as well. I see it both ways and I need different things at different times because as we travel, having immediately when we get to a new Airbnb saying, this is going to be where I get stuff done. Like this is my work zone has been really helpful for me so that I know, okay, I'm going to, that's my like focus zone. But at the same token, just like you, it it's also helpful in other scenarios 
to not be so rigid and say, you can only sit here if you want to get work done. So I don't know. That's a perfect example of how it's like, you can't create a hard and fast rule because sometimes you need different things. Yeah. Yeah. Like some days if I have to force myself to go sit at the dining room table to work, I'm not going to do it. But if I tell myself, just go sit on the couch and work for 10 minutes, then, then suddenly I'm in work zone and I'll be all right. Yeah. And even of my own kind of like productivity tips, really the only one of all of those that I stick with, like without any change is Google calendar. Right. So like sometimes I'll obviously work to different music. Sometimes I won't work in full screen mode. Sometimes I will sit in the same place. Like right. it all changes for me as well, but there is one constant and right. that is Google calendar. Cause I've just found that clicks with my brain and I really hope Google calendar never goes away. I know. And so I found my one thing too, which we've talked about on the, which the, I introduced you to many years ago, perfectly <laughs> on the <laughs> podcast, which is notion. And Again, I, I really do think you have to find maybe the one tool that works well for your brain. Um, and, and even I, for your brain right now. Even for your brain right now. And I know some people who are like, listen, Notion's too many possibilities because it is so flexible. You can do anything with it. And it's it's pretty complex. It can get pretty complex pretty fast. And some people are like, listen, it's just too overwhelming. And I totally get that because it is, especially my yeah. system at this point. Like It's too overwhelming three, for two me. Two to three I years into uh, it. Yeah, I can't use it. But for me... The thing that I love about it is that I have a system where I can get every single thought and task out of my brain. So it, it, it clears the clutter. It's like, you know, people say, I don't know who came up with this concept, but it's called the second brain. And so that idea is definitely how I use my notion It's like, if I have a thought, it becomes a task and that task has a date. And so it pops up on, I use it like a calendar because things are dated. Um, and I just love the organization of being able to apply connect everything together and say, oh, this is for this project and this is for this and this connects over to my content calendar to show me the episode. Like, I just love it so much. Um, and, but you know, there are times where like tasks pile up and it gets overwhelming and I do exactly what you do. So it's like, if I have to keep kicking something down the road, yeah. I, I just ask myself like, is it time to just, I need to confront this. Exactly. Yeah. Like do something different with this. So, um, that's been my one constant surprisingly, because I used to change, like I said before my system, like every quarter or every like six months or so, but I've used notion since I think fall of 2020. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's worked really well. Another thing that you've probably heard in the productivity world for a while is the Pomodoro technique. It's you do focused work for 25 minutes and then a break for five minutes. And then I think after two Pomodoros, maybe you do a longer break, but, um, I haven't really ever, uh, been very regimented about using the Pomodoro method, but be, ever since we started traveling and I can only work in these like one hour blocks at a time sometimes just because time is so much more scarce, I have really leaned on it to put me in like a focus zone and it's been so helpful. So I, I've been using um, palmofocus.io and it's just this very simple timer. You could just click the button. There's also lots of Pomodoro work with me's on YouTube with mm. and without music. And I was using those for a while. Do they, any of them have like synth or chill hop or like music oh, yeah. behind them? Yeah, that's what Absolutely. I thought. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but, but speaking of music, that's another big one for me as well. And so I just really use music to get me in a zone. So if it's a day where I really have to be efficient with my time and I have to push it a little bit, I'll do synth or I'll do yeah. something that's more upbeat and very like, you know, you sent me a playlist that was like a synthwave playlist, and I was like, "Whoa, we're taking our marriage to the next level." Like, you never listened to synthwave before, and like, I know. wow. And I know. And then some days, if I if I'm feeling really low motivation, like I don't want to sit down and work, 
I use nostalgia as like a little magnet, like a little carrot. So I'll, I'll play all my nineties playback play playlists. Yeah. Um, and that gets me going. Sometimes I sing along too much and then I have to switch off of it because <laughs> if I'm writing or something, you know, which is like the complete opposite of us. Like I can't listen to any music that I know when I'm doing tasks, even if it's non-writing tasks. Like if I'm just really? going through email because I'll, my brain switches into like, I need to remember the lyrics. I need to <laughs> sing the song. I need to, you know, That's funny. and I'm like, Oh, what was I doing? I can't even remember. So it's funny how our brains can separate yeah. those things. And then other days, like my mood comes into play. So if I am feeling anxious or like really high strung, I'll listen to like coffee house or I'll listen to, um, just some smooth jazz, smooth jazz. I'll listen to, uh, movie, movie scores. I mm. love that. But, but that also goes back to productivity that I'll also start to give myself more time for things. Yeah. So I'll say like, Oh, I only set an hour for this task. And I'm like, I'm low energy today. I'm just honest with myself. It's going to take two hours, you know, and that has to be okay. Yeah. So those are a couple of things that are working for me right now. Yeah. And then the other thing that we're trying to do while traveling, cause we've really found that when we do a full like sightseeing day, like we talked about uh, where we went and saw all the things the day after you need a rest day. Yeah. That, that, so I think when we first started traveling, I thought we'll have like adventure days and then we'll have work days. Right. And I forgot that there has to also be rest days because, um, you know, when we do like a big sightseeing adventure, it's unrealistic for me to think that my brain is not going to be in work mode the next day because that's not restful. That's a different type of exertion. So yeah, we're trying this new thing where we just like set kind of themes for days and maybe that's another tip to try out if you're listening to this and they don't have to obviously match our themes but like let's say you had like a marketing day or this is this is a family day or this is a side hustle day or or especially you client folks who are out there like we've talked about this a ton in our way coaching which is like Monday is client outreach day and like trying to get cold leads you know warmed up you know, Fridays are maybe my like referral Fridays where I'm emailing any of my previous clients that I worked with who I'm not working with right now. Do they have any referrals? And just like you're carving out the time for the tasks that you need to get done. And those become very productive days for your business, but they wouldn't unless you actually gave them a lot more time than you probably think you need. Yeah. And then I know we talked a lot about different productivity styles for different seasons, but I just wanted to make a note of how hard it can be, but how necessary it is to adjust your expectations of your productivity in different seasons of your life. So (laughs) it was a rude awakening for me to be on this trip and realize after a month, wow, I basically can get done like a third of what I can get, what I could get done in California. And I don't even mean work. I mean, a third of reaching out to friends, a third of doing my art, a third of exercising, a third, like my capacity in every area of my life is, has basically gone down to a third. And that stressed me out for a number of weeks. But now I'm just realizing that is the nature of what we have decided to do. And it's just because of the decision fatigue, because of the activities that we're doing more of, you know, every time we're in a new place, we're planning for the next three places. Yeah. The interesting thing about this trip is that it's like never, it's, it's nonstop planning. Right. You never stop planning. Which is again, not complaining at all. No, no, no. Just saying there's a reality to like when we move from one destination to the next, you almost have this feeling where you're like, ah, Ah, we're here. And I, I told you this the other day, I was like, I like almost forgot that I was like, I thought I was done filming videos right. and I'm like, wait, hold on. It's about to start all over again. Exactly. And, and so it's just, it's very interesting to do that. And I will even say for me as well, like I normally, especially for like the Lisbon recap video is a perfect example. I had time carved out of my calendar, uh, you know, a couple different days to be working on that video. 
I have yet to get that time. I know. And I just have not been able to keep up with the amount of normal work that I would just based on all the things we're trying to juggle, getting settled, planning for things, going and doing stuff, just not doing stuff, not being on the laptop. Like the other day, so my brain was so crunchy. Like you were trying to ask me. so crunchy. And this doesn't happen the, a lot for me. Oh my God, it never happens. This is so <laughs> funny. The other day I was like ma- making dinner, which that doesn't happen a lot. <laughs> and I was like, oh, do you want this or do you want this? Because normally Jason is the most decisive person I've ever met. And you were like, I don't know. Literally my brain, I could feel my brain coming to like a grinding halt. It Which was is, like, by the way, how I feel 90% of the time. Be more productive. Okay. <laughs> Isn't <laughs> that do funny it? though? It was like do. the shoe was on the other foot. Yeah. But it it made me, I was like, oh, I do really need to step it up right now because you're so like Oh, I just would have ordered pizza. I just would have gone to pizza. You're and so rarely, yeah. your brain is crunchy like that, but mine's crunchy all the yeah. time. Yeah, and it happens. Like I, I just think that's a big part of if you're making or having any change happen in life, if you're having a kid, if you're moving in with someone, if you're right. getting a new job, if like any of these big life changes, adjust your expectations. You have to adjust your expectations and you have to also realize that doesn't mean that I'm again not as good of a person because I'm doing less. It just means I have to do less right now and that's okay. Right, which by the way means also in the future, I hope that as you seek out productivity tips or, you know, lessons or anything like that, you know, Look for people who are in similar life circumstances as you. Wait, don't just look for the most viewed videos on YouTube? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, you person. And I I say this even for us. We try to share this pretty often. We don't have children. Like we, when we share advice, like we try to always say that because we know what a time commitment that is or taking care of sick parents. Also, we're a team of two. Like so often we forget that we're not talking to Everybody listening to this has another business right. partner who lives with them. Right. And I think that there's, we, we try and acknowledge this as much as possible just to be like, we also are recognizing that we are two people. So like I can pick up the slack for you. You can pick up the slack for me. We can work on something together and divide the time. And most people don't have that luxury for their businesses. Right. So we're just trying to be very honest about, you know, the advice that we give and giving those caveats. And so I think that's just a really important thing. If you're getting productivity advice from someone who doesn't have a similar life to you, it is helpful to take some of the things that you want to try and see if they fit in your life. But it's also important to realize, like, if you just became a single mom, for an example, maybe go find a single mom productivity YouTube video. Yeah. And it may have a thousand views as opposed to the one that's on the front page of YouTube that has five million views. But you can't do the 5 million viewing because you're not that person. Yeah, exactly. And that's that's the whole thing about embracing you, right? Is It's also recognizing the strength and the power that you have in your unique story and going, oh, you know what? The next time I come across a productivity video with someone who is not in my life circumstance and is sharing these tips, instead of comparing myself to that and feeling like I'm falling short, I'm going to embrace my own story, embrace my unique perspective and go, well, you know what? That's good for them, but not for me. That's not yeah. that's not what I'm able to do right now in my life. And so that's our hope with this series is that you just continue to kind of, instead of judge yourself for maybe some of these things, realize that your unique circumstances can actually propel you forward. Yeah, and I think the other thing is, and we say this all the time, which is just look at everything as an experiment. Exactly. So whatever productivity hack or tip or thing that you're going to try, like if you're going to start doing laundry upside down, like you've just seen the upside down laundry craze and you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I need to flip my washer upside down. I need to put the laundry in upside down. I need to be upside down when I put the Tide Pod in. There's so much upside down. It's And you just might get like, I can do half of the upside down laundry. You know, (laughs) that's all I can do. But I really, jokes aside, like I just think it's important to have an experimenter's mindset when you go, oh, here's a Pomodoro. Like 
I'm going to try that. Oh, I did not like that. So I'm not going to do it. Oh, I'm going to go listen to Jason's do the work playlist. Oh, I do not like that music. Go back to the Britney Spears playlist that you love. It makes you, you know, whatever works for you, you have to experiment and find the things that you don't like and that you do like and kind of create your own little productivity stack that you can use. Absolutely. That's the key. Hey, um, we used to do a lot of classic movie nights. Yes. And we haven't been able to kind of get on the same schedule. You Uh haven't had the same energy. Uh, You know, it's just been a little bit harder for us to kind of sit down and connect and watch a thing because just real talk, honestly, like there are a lot of nights where we go to sit down and we'll look at each other and you'll just be like, I just kind of need to be in my own space. And I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of needing to be in my own space too. So get away from me. And then the doorbell (laughs) rings and we go and say, hello, (laughs) we didn't order anything. And people on the street go, okay. Uh, We watched Red Eye. We did. So you kind of like, well, classic you movie night is a thing that we used to do all absolutely. the time. Absolutely, I'm we, just I'm just yeah. gonna help you out here because you didn't really close that loop. That's okay. Yeah. You sort of went down this whole rabbit hole yeah, about well, how we haven't been able to, and right. then you didn't come back around, which was the other day. I said, "Hey, I think we could start doing classic movie night again. I would really like that because yeah. it's a little piece of you know, quote unquote, home yeah. that I would like to do on this trip." And so you said, "Okay, we'll try to fit it in." And so on Saturday. Or was it Sunday? I don't know. It doesn't matter the day. We also didn't watch two movies. But we did watch <laughs> one movie together called that was Red Eye. from a while ago. Yeah. And it was called Red Eye. And yes. it features Rachel McAdams. Yeah, this is her post notebook project. And Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. Yeah. And it is a thriller. Oh, so here's the thing. I'm gonna thrilling. link to it in the show notes. Please, please, please watch, the, watch trailer. the trailer. You have to watch the trailer. The trailer it's is... It's a Wes Craven movie. Also, stop the trailer halfway and just yeah. don't watch the rest of it. Wes Craven, he did... Did Scream. The Scream stuff. Yeah. And so it has a little bit of that vibe to we it. We talked a lot about the Scream movies. We went through the whole entire canon. I just... I don't know how I feel about this movie. I don't even know how many <laughs> potatoes to give it because on the one hand, I'm like, you know... Rich McAdams did a lot with a little here, yeah. you know? Like, I don't think it was the best script she's ever read, but she really, like... Yeah. Really uh, convincingly, you know, I felt I felt like she was really feared for people she loves. <laughs> um, but man, it took you on a journey. Yeah. Um, you also got to see younger Brian Cox for whoa, you Succession fans out there. I am a big Succession fan and younger Brian Cox, my brain was not ready for. Because this is like 20 some odd years ago when this movie was made. Yes. So yeah, definitely turn the, like, the clock of time for him. And, but anyway, it was just, it was a perfect classic movie night. It's like perfectly not good, but yeah. Yeah. And you're Keep, also just watching attention. it and you're like, where's this going to go? And you're like, Oh, Oh, interesting. We went that way. That's yeah. kind of fun. Yeah. There's just a lot of like really silly, like 2000s movie moments. I like couldn't even just in the second, I was trying to think like, what was the key plot point of like why? Like, <laughs> Which okay. means it was a perfect classic movie exactly. night movie. When you cannot think of the key plot point, yeah. you're just like, I just watched an hour and a half of something. Oh, like why and was it, was it so dramatic? Oh, okay. yeah. All right. So anyway, that was our, our movie we got to finally watch. So I don't know if we're going to get one this next week that we'll share with you, we but we'll find to, out. We bought hot popcorn. We did buy some popcorn for me to try so and I make. I think we should. We'll see. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this podcast episode. We hope you're enjoying the Embracing You series. For those of you who are on our email list and you're like getting the email and then you're listening to the podcast to get the further deep dive, but you're also listening to Pram Vell. Hope you're enjoying all of this. We've got a couple more weeks of Embracing You to get through and yeah as always we'd love to hear from you if you've got any thoughts or feedback send them to hello at wanderinggamefully.com next week new destination to share some fun adventures get ready and we'll have a new topic as well okay see you later bye